Hey, good morning. Today is May 14th, 2021. We wanted to come out with a quick market update um, because if you've been looking at the news lately, um, you've probably seen there's a lot more volatility in the marketplace. And, you know, I, I think that these news channels uh, like to sell fear. And every time I turn on the TV, I see when the market's down, the red that they show is blinking red. And the green is very, like, mm. subtly green. And so uh, with that in mind, we just wanted to share our thoughts on the market, what we're doing about it, and just give you our outlook on what's going on. So, Jay, let me ask you this. Where were we at the start of this market, and what have we seen over the last five months? Yeah, Dave, uh, good to be back. Uh, looking forward to this next podcast. I think it's our fifth one now. Um, you know, it's been crazy because – at the beginning of the year, you know, we had all the election stuff and everything, and then we kind of got past that. And all of a sudden, we wake up, and the total stock market return, looking at the Vanguard total stock market index, was up about 11% as of the beginning of this week, which is shocking because we had some pretty big down days earlier in the week, and then we had a robust turnaround yesterday. So what do you think caused that 11% increase in the total stock market? Well, Obviously, it is the spending and the expected spending coming out of the federal government, and it also is the fiscal stimulus, whereby the Fed has retained a very, very low rate environment, a very accommodating environment, and they are they they they're looking for inflation to pick up. I mean, they really want inflation to pick up, so. You've had that's that's what uh, I think is driving it. Yeah, absolutely. And that in the stock market itself is a, a forward-looking um, indicator. And so when you have all these people that are stuck in their houses and they're out and about and they're getting back and they're spending their money, that causes for increases in the stock market for sure. Yeah, and you know, like you and know, I've mentioned on previous podcasts, um, I think it was Fidelity that shared with us that people have more money today. Over two times as much money in savings today as they had really about a year ago. So they haven't been spending it. The economy is reopening. You got the Fed pumping in all kind of money. You got the fiscal, uh, the uh, government pumping in all kind of money. And guess what? It's it's got to go somewhere, and it and it go, and, and that's where that's what's pushing this thing up. And, and you know, for the last five months, the ride to an eleven percent return here in twenty twenty one has been a very quiet one. It's been like an airplane just coasting up to its cruising altitude. But this week, something changed, and we started to feel a little volatility, a little turbulence. Um, and 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 was that expected in your mind? I, I was expecting to see it sooner rather than later, and it came right around the corner. Well, I think there are two things that really led to that increase in volatility this week that really came to the forefront. One, you and I, we've been expecting it. The other was a little bit out of left field. So we'll start with the what we were expecting, and then we'll go to the one out of left field. So uh, the one that we were expecting was inflation. We've been talking about it. It's, it's reflected in a variety of things, including lumber prices, oil prices, steel prices, all of which are up over 300% from a year ago. And if you look at the real estate market, what people are paying for homes, valuations in neighborhoods, all these things are really going up. And we're even starting to see it somewhat in food prices. Mm-hmm. But the the unexpected thing was – Oh, the, the gas. Yeah. The, 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 the colonial pipeline. Also, on that other note, I heard chicken is scarce right now. 
Yes. Chicken is scarce. I did hear chicken. You're supposed is to scarce. go to Costco after this and get chicken. You I should was get told. a lot of chicken. Yeah. Stock up. I hope there's not a run on it. So, but we have, I hope there's not a run on chicken. But we are absolutely seeing inflation across many different things. And, and that was expected, but it's happened so quickly. And what's caused that? Well, as I mentioned previously, what's caused it is there's, well, there's a couple things. One, you have the demand shift. Mm hmm. Okay. The demand shift. In other words, a lot more people wanted a lot more stuff than what was necessarily available. Mm -hmm. That's one. The second is, is when you devalue the monetary base, which is the dollar, you devalue it by printing lots and lots more dollars, that creates inflation. Yeah. So if you marry the two of those together, you can end up in a really, really tough spot. Absolutely. And so we're experiencing inflation. Anybody who's doing home renovations or <laughs> anything really is starting to notice that. What does that have an effect on what we're seeing in, in the economy? Not only the economy, but most importantly, specifically the stock market and that volatility we saw this week. Yeah. Well, I want to make one quick point on inflation before we get off of it. And then we'll talk about the rotation and so forth. It, it was really this week because there were two uh, indicators that were presented this week. One was the CPI, which is the consumer price index. Mm -hmm. The other is the PPI, which is the producer price index, which is what manufacturers and companies are paying for goods, both of which ran extraordinarily hot. And so that realization, it was kind of like the first time numerically it had shown up mm -hmm. in a way that was greater than expected. And that's really what sort of threw the market for a loop on Tuesday and Wednesday. And so that created, it really came in and it shook the tree. So let's let's just sort of set that up. Mm -hmm. So so what's happened the prior 12 months, and really even before that, is growth-oriented businesses, we think hit a crescendo this quarter, mm -hmm. okay? Now they've been doing really well over the last several years, but it really hit a crescendo. In other words, if you looked at growth-oriented companies compared to value-oriented companies, and you looked at the return of growth-oriented companies compared to the growth of value-oriented companies, growth has exceeded value by about 30 to 40%. So in other words, if value went up $1, growth went up $1.40. And this trend has accelerated. And what do we know about when trends accelerate? Well, we look at it the opposite way. When, when there's a, a, a very robust return in, a, in an asset class, that means its future expected return is going to be much lower. And vice versa, with value, for example, you, know, you have value that has underperformed growth, so that's where the expected return is. Yeah, so, so what people it's, – it's kind of interesting you bring that up because – just to reiterate, or make sure I maybe say it a different way, is if if something goes down a lot, what people tend to do is they get, excuse me, they get fearful. Right. When in fact they ought to get they ought to get greedy, because the more something goes down, sooner or later everything goes back to the average. We call it regression to the mean. Mm -hmm. It goes back to the average. So the further something goes down below the average, then the higher the expected return will be going forward because eventually 
it comes off the bottom and goes back to the average. In fact, it usually overshoots. Yeah, I bet if Mercedes-Benz had a deal right now where it was 50% off cars, I bet a lot of people out there would probably nab a couple <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, but that is the, psycholo- the, the psychology behind this. It's totally different than consumer goods. Stocks, when it gets lower, people sell them. But if it's a consumer good, people buy them. It's just a phenomenon that comes with investing. It's totally opposite. And the other thing is, and I think it's a greed and fear thing. So let's, let's, take a, let's talk about the greed side of it. You know, I've had people come up to me with stock names that have done really well, that are growth, have no earnings, no balance sheet. They tell me it's related to cryptocurrency and all this stuff. I have no idea what they do. I have no idea how they make money. Reminds me a lot of the late 90s. Uh, We know crypto is probably going to be around to stay, but there's a lot of people chasing it. And what you see at the end of an aggressive run and growth, generally what you see is people letting their greed overtake just common sense. Mm -hmm. And so if we've seen this really outsized rate of return and growth, and we know everything averages back to the, or goes back to the average, then our expected return and growth should decline and conversely value should do really well. Yes. We're starting to see that rotation, Dave. Absolutely. Why? And, and, and last quarter was the first time the Dow Jones Industrial, which is the largest 30 blue chip, and there tend to be value stocks, has outperformed the NASDAQ. It's the first time we've seen that in years. Yeah. So just to make sure everybody's clear on like growth, value, I mean, we're kind of throwing these out like, you know, you know what that means. And Maybe a lot of people do know, but just to be clear, uh, growth-oriented companies tend to use all of their excess cash flow to reinvest in their business and to grow the top line and the profitability. Value companies tend to be very mature companies, and these tend to be in like energy and financials and industrials. They have very mature business models. They are well-funded. And they tend to pay out dividends. They may be a little bit more aggressive on share repurchases. And those tend to be mature companies Mm -hmm. versus growth-oriented tend to be on what is really driving the increase in standard of living in the United States or the world type Mm -hmm. stuff. Think biotechnology, technology, business process improvement type stuff. Things that are really changing the world is what tends to be growth-oriented. Mm-hmm. And value tends to be your kind of staples type stuff. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so with all this happening and as a backdrop, the things we want to share with you of what we've done this year for our clients and our portfolios, um, really, we've made two big changes with our portfolios over the last five months. And that's quite a lot of changes, um, you know, for these portfolios. And so, you know, if you go back probably three months ago, um, Jay and I made the the update to the portfolios that we took about 5% away from fixed income and put it into equity. And that was because we knew inflation was going to rear its ugly head. Um, and we want to get ahead of that because in the fixed income world, inflation is not very good to fixed income at all. So we made that change. We, we, we made that change because we... Uh, as David said, we were expecting inflation to increase. We didn't know exactly when it was going to happen, but we felt like it was going to happen. And so we, we, it turns out, for the moment, we, we were correct. 
And uh, inflation is like a cancer to a bondholder. <laughs> right. and because eventually rates go up, interest rates go up. And when rates rise, that is really bad for the value of a bond. So, so we, we had decided to make this shift. It was a, a strategic shift in our allocation across our model portfolios, which is how we manage a good deal of our client money is through models. So we did that. And um, the other thing we did uh, here recently, Dave, was what? So as of uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, we did a sector rotation, just like we're talking about. Uh, we went from uh, mostly growth um, into mostly value. So we made a big change from growth to value. And that was just seeing what's happening, looking at the industries that are or commonly held in the value space, you have energy, you have financials, those tend to do very well in inflationary environments. Um, so moving some of the balances over from growth to value was was an important move that we made, and we made it very quickly um, before we started seeing the volatility this week. Yeah, one of the things that uh, we, we, we had identified uh, really last year when we started doing these models was we overweighted growth. Yes. Dramatically. I'd say probably two to one. Yes. And what we've done is we've really kind of reversed that. We've uh, now value, we've probably got it about $2 for every $1 growth. Yes, and, that's absolutely And so true. really and truly, that's the whole rebalancing theme anyway. If you're, if you're not doing something like this in your 401k plan, you know, mm -hmm. I think back to 1999, 2000, where people just kind of set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. and, and what happened was growth really became an overweighted portion of the portfolio. And when that market crash hit, people were really crushed. And so what we're trying to get in front of is this, this what we believe is going to be a sector rotation. And that's what generally happens. And they tend, they tend to happen around big events. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's usually big events that start to create this momentum. And then as the momentum comes out of one side and begins to pick up on another side, it just sort of feeds on itself until they overshoot either yep. to the upside or to the downside. And so that's really what we're going through right now and what we're doing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, if you just think about rebalancing itself, the winners are overshooting. You trim those hedges and put it in with the losers. And over time, you're, you're going to get a healthier return because that expected return is much higher. Absolutely. So what do you think, uh, as, we, as we get to where we're wrapping up here, what do, you, what do you, Dave, what are you seeing for the next six, nine months, man? Well, I think it's going to be very hard to fight the Fed and um, all of the global pent-up demand that we're going to see. Um, so we expect, and I expect, um, equities to do quite well over the next you know, six months or so towards the end of the year. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be a smooth ride. It's probably going to be more volatile. But I, I think that it's going to be a positive thing in the equity market. Uh, fixed income, I feel like, is going to be continue to go negative because, again, inflation. It's all about inflation this year. Um, and so you know, this is something we're going to continue to monitor for the next six months for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, if you're if you're thinking about uh, booking a trip, yeah. you may want to go ahead and get started on that because stuff's filling up. I mean, stuff's filling up. You know, the airlines are – middle seats are cool now. Uh, you've got uh, a lot of different things that are going on. People are ready to go out and enjoy. So um, that's it for now. Uh, happy investing. Good luck. Uh, if you have questions, thoughts, concerns – Please do feel free to reach out to us. And uh, by all means, if you, you would, share our uh, podcast with your friends. 
tell people about Stacks of Cash, and uh, we'll be back with you again soon. Thanks. Thanks.